Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment on GEMS Podcast. This is going to be a fire fill episode. So I'm going to be chatting with Evelyn Barnes. And let me tell you a little bit more about this amazing woman. So Evelyn was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, and married her high school sweetheart at the age of 18. And yes, they are still married. (laughs) She is a self-proclaimed introvert turned ambivert, (laughs) sorry y'all, I butchered that, and enjoys helping others. Evelyn has been involved in community work since she arrived in Denver, ranging in participation from the high school PTA board to being president of her neighborhood organization. Connecting people to resources has been a passion of Evelyn's for years, and she sees her debut book and podcast as an extension to her service to others. It is her sincere prayer that the reader of the stories in beautiful, I am colored and will find hope, faith and inspiration. And I love that because I'm an author. So it's always amazing to connect with other authors and other creators who are out here in the world doing amazing things on the forefront as well as behind the scenes. So without further ado, let's welcome Evelyn Barnes. (laughs) Thank you so much, Genesis. It's a pleasure to be here. My pleasure, Evelyn. And thank you for just sharing and holding space as we dive into this fruitful conversation. And disclaimer to the audience, we are recording from our setting. So if you hear any noises in the background, it is because we are mamas and we're recording from the comfort of either a co-working space, our home, or et cetera. So just rock with us and enjoy this conversation. So Evelyn, I would love to have you connect with the audience in a fun and personal way. So there are two options you could choose from. We could do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? Um, I typically go the icebreaker route, so I want to switch it up. Let's do the rapid fire. Keep it fun. Okay, so we're playing rapid fire with <laughs> Evelyn and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question numero uno. Since you've been married since 18, what is a marriage tip you would like to share? Ooh. Um, be, don't be afraid to tell hard truths to one another. Um, so for example, a hard truth would be, um, as you're getting older, I notice, um, hair like in the ear canal area and that needs to be taken care of. (laughs) So just tell the truth, even if it hurts a little bit or hurts the feelings. I've just always erred on the side of being honest, um, and having open dialogue and communication for sure. Love that. So honesty and open lines of communication. That's great mm-hmm. because I think no matter if you're just starting out in, mar- in marriage or you've been in a seasoned marriage, everyone could um, gravitate to that. Question two, favorite color? Green. Question three, if you could have any person on your podcast, who would it be? If I could, it would be my dad. Ah, Yes. 
Ike resident, is your dad still living or did he mm -hmm. pass? No, my dad was killed uh, by the time I was four. So I never had the privilege of getting to know him. So um, that has been a desire that cannot be fulfilled in this lifetime, but definitely if I could, that would be the guest. I'm sorry, I'm sorry um, for your loss and having wit witnessed and gone through that at the young age of four, I, I can't even imagine. Um, That's okay, you know, healing, healing takes place and yes. you know, it's okay. And thank you for that. And yeah. condolences to you as well, because I do listen to your podcast. So I know um, you lost your dad during the pandemic, I believe, if I'm correct. And so condolences to you as well. Thank you so much. Um, so I'm going to make this question for um, same question. But is there a celebrity or a person that you admire that's doing incredible work, not just in the limelight, but behind the scenes that you would love to interview? Hmm, celebrity wise? Um... I wouldn't say that I have a celebrity. I'm, I'm kind of not that type of chick, to be honest with you, where I kind of go a uh, fanatic um, mm -hmm. over certain people. But perhaps my favorite speaker slash motivational uh, person is Lisa Nichols. Okay. Um, so I've been following following her for some time. So I would say Lisa Nichols. Okay, good. I'm glad you picked you picked someone because I wanted to challenge you because. <laughs> I love helping other ladies scale up and get outside of our comfort zone. So since you have been following uh, Lisa Nichols for some time and, mm -hmm. you know, you and you appreciate the work that she's doing, I, my challenge for you is to reach out to her, whether you're sliding in her DM or you're contacting her PR team and seeing if y'all could potentially do a collaboration together, because I'm all about shooting your shot because you have nothing to lose. So if they do respond, then you get to have that conversation and see um, how you can add value to each other because that's what collaboration is about. It's adding value to each other, not just a one-sided thing, but a two-sided. No, oh, I love that. That resonated with me deeply. So I appreciate that. And then to just make sure that you accept the challenge, mm -hmm. I always tell people we need to put a date on it. So I will give you two weeks to complete this task. Okay. And you have to screenshot <laughs> me it. when you when you are, um, have sent sent off the request. You have to screenshot me and send it in my DM or email so I know that you have fully accepted the challenge and it's not lip service. Okay, that sounds good. I have two week deadline, right? Yep. Okay. Now put it Challenge. in your calendar. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Question five. What is your favorite book or movie? Oh, uh, favorite book. Currently, I'm reading um, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. So I would say right now, that's probably my favorite because I, I reread it often. Um, and then the second question was what? Oh, Pardon. book. Pardon. Uh, yeah. Either your favorite book or movie. So the oh, movie. Okay. Um, I did the book, but favorite movie is Brown Sugar. Ooh, that's a classic, <laughs> y'all. I know. <laughs> Question six, favorite food? Oh, uh, geez, Louise. Pizza, I guess. Okay. We eat it a lot, so pizza. Question seven, be a, being a mama, we all know that mamas wear multiple hats. What is one tip that you would give a new mama or a seasoned mama? The one tip that I would give all moms, no matter, you know, where you are um, in the lane of motherhood is to allow yourself time for you. Um, I think in talking with other friends um, who are also married, one of the things that moms 
have a tendency of doing is putting everyone first and putting themselves last. Um, and it took me years to kind of work out of that myself um, to learn more about who Evelyn is as the individual um, outside of the role of motherhood. And that actually strengthens the bonds in your role as a mother. So take time for yourself. It's important. Amazing. Self-care is the best care. So question eight, what does Evelyn like to do for self-care? <laughs> I love actually spending time by myself uh, more than probably most people. Um, that's where I get creative. That's the time I just refill, refuel myself, if you will. I also love Friday night date nights with my husband. Um, so we still do that we still get dressed up uh, when we do go out or if not, we have a great time on the patio. Um, so those are some of my two most favorite things that I like to do. Question nine, if you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be and why? A significant moment I would love to recreate is um, probably the day we got married. Um, we didn't have um, a wedding. Um, again, I was 18, as you stated, kind of in the intro. My husband was 19. Um, we kind of knew we wanted to be together, but kind of didn't have a clue at the same time of what of how to go about that. Um, and so I really wish that we would have had a wedding. Mm. And if I could go back and do it over again, I would absolutely love to have a nice wedding and formal reception for sure. Okay, challenge to y'all. <laughs> you killing me already with these challenges. Oh my God. So, okay. Have you hit a, a big wedding anniversary milestone like 10 or 20 years? Because I don't know oh. how old you are. And I, I, we it's don't okay. Ask. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know Southern, you know, yeah, girl, but I don't even care. I embrace that stuff every day, all day. I'm 44 and I've been married for 26 years. So yes, we've had some milestones already. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So you just have four more years to go until you hit that big 30. So mm -hmm. for your 30th, you know what y'all could do? Y'all can have that wedding. Invite your family, his family. You could either have like an intimate setting where y'all have your immediate family and, you know, some good food and drinks and good music. Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. you could have a destination wedding if you don't want everybody to come and kill you. <laughs> and that's the nice way of doing a wedding and saying, we love y'all, but you know, you know, some people won't be able to afford it, but then you right. get, you get your special day <laughs> and the ones that are meant to be there will come and that's your wedding because you get that nice wedding you get a vacation to and a bomb mm -hmm. reception no you're right you're absolutely right and i don't know why we haven't followed through on, on on that particular issue if you we've talked about it on and off like at the 10 year mark the 20 year mark and even the 25th but the, and actually the 25th year was supposed to be it but guess what happened the COVID. pandemic <laughs> right and so that kind of got pushed to the back burner so you're absolutely right the 30 that's it's far enough away where I can plan it out and you're right it needs to be intimate because people do sometimes get on my last nerve so yeah I like that I like that so you so what you could do now to plan because I'm all about challenges my audience knows that mm -hmm. <laughs> um you have four years to plan now and in order for things to come into fruition, we have to put a date on it. So put a date, what what uh, what that's going to look like. Decide on a, if y'all want to have it locally or if you want to have a destination. If mm -hmm. you do have a destination, you give people a chance to get their dollars and coins together so they're not <laughs> scraping. Right. <laughs> and then you're going to let people know, I'm giving you enough time in advance 
to know that if you want to be a part of the celebration, this is now your time. But I'm also putting it out there that this is actually going to come to fruition and we're not actually going to be talking about it. We're actually going to do it and we're going to have a good old day and we're going to really create those memories. And the fact that y'all have children, your children get to be a part of that significant moment too. Yeah, that's great. That's a great idea and a great challenge. Again, challenge accepted. Amazing. And question 10, it's our pass or play question. And here are the rules. Mm -hmm. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you put me in the hot seat and get to ask me a question. Mm -hmm. Or if you play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. Mm -hmm. So do you want to pass or play? Pass. Okay. What's your question? <laughs> okay. How did you and your spouse or partner meet? Oh my gosh, we actually met online. I was coming out of a really bad uh, relationship with a narcissist. I was single mm. for two years. I was doing me. And I remember my sister said, you want to end up old with some cats? Because by that point, y'all, I had like the black girl magic sentiment. I was like, um, like the Neo song, Miss Independent. I was like, I got my own house, my own car, make my own money. I don't need nobody to hold me down. And then I realized that, you know what? God created Adam and Eve for a reason, not Adam to be alone. So I need, I need my rib. I need my Boaz. And then I just got on online. It was so many like ignorant people on there, y'all. Um, and I'm very, I'm very picky, and I could be very bossy at times because oh, I come God. from a male-dominated field. And I remember the first day I told my husband because I was reading the book, think like, think like a lady, act like a man. And Steve mm -hmm. Harvey, you need to stop because that almost made me not have a man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's just a real honest um, conversation. We've, we dated for three years, married for four, and then now we're expecting a bundle of joy. So yay! congratulations and, again. On thank you. Mm -hmm. And one thing I would say y'all, for those of you that are thinking about getting married or finding your significant other, don't knock it until you try it. But then also he that finds a woman finds a good thing. So don't just be the one to be the chaser. Make, make your partner, whether whether you're in a same sex or a different um, or a heterosexual relationship, do the work because being together is a partnership and it's building each other up. So don't lose your, your sense of identity trying to please that person. Y'all are both individuals coming together to make the relationship work. So that's one thing I would say. And we did go to 12 weeks of premarital counseling before we even got married. Just And it helped us learn more about each other. Mm -hmm. very smart very smart so thank you for asking that question because no one has asked that um oh you're very welcome so now let's dive into the development stage mm -hmm. and so whenever um you're doing the work that you're doing what led you to what you're doing now can you share a bit about your background so we can uh, understand and appreciate where you are now sure so for several years i was a stay-at-home mom i'm a mom of four um, two girls, two boys, their ages now are 27, 24, um, 22, and it'll be 21 in the fall. And to be frank, that advice that you just gave the audience in terms of like really finding and digging into who you are and being a whole person yourself before you get into marriage, that is not what we did, honestly, because at 18, you really kind of don't know who. Um, and so a lot of our early years um, in marriage, um, we're dedicated to 
more or less growing up together, like quite literally as a family, because all of the kids are stair step kids. Um, and so, um, so stay at home mom for quite some time and did the stay at home mom stuff. So washing everybody's clothes, cleaning all the time, room mom, uh, field trip mom, PTA boards, things like that. Um, and then somewhere around, I would say seven, you're seven or eight maybe even possibly nine uh, of marriage, I wanted to start to do that um, self introspection, self reflection and development of myself and finding out who that is. And I always have been good at school. And so I started my path to um, higher ed. So bachelor's first, I just recently finished up my second master's um, with a law degree um, from Sturm College of Law, which I'm very proud of graduation was uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, and so in the process of that role of motherhood, um, historically, um, for me, I've gone through a series, I would say, of not just transitions, but some traumatic things as well. And always, always since I was a child, one of the ways of me combating and and dealing with stress and trauma has been journaling, which I know is very popular right now, but I've been doing that since literally I was like 11 years old. So fast forward, um, to the most recent years, um, I had somewhat of a revelatory moment um, when George Floyd was murdered, like so many of us did, and just really had a call to action that now was the time to write the book. Um, and so I wrote a book while I was in law school and at the time working in everything, um, which consists of a series of short true stories, uh, some of which are very traumatic, dealing with like childhood molestation, um, infidelity in the marriage um, and just some fun some fun stories here and there as well um, but just felt the need to to put it out there um, one because I heard the still small voice tell me it was time and then two there were a series of conversations that I had with um, individuals who knew me one of which was my um, late grandmother Joan um, Booth who encouraged me to to just step out there and do it and so I know I said a lot in that that little however long I've been talking now, um, but that kind of gives you a snapshot of like who I am as a person. Um, but most recently, new self-published author, new podcaster, new graduate, um, and then we're kind of seeing what what I'm going to do next um, as it pertains to all of that. That is amazing, and congratulations Thank for you. taking that step um, to really find out who Evelyn is, because it's something that you needed to do as an individual, but also for taking that plunge or that leap, because sometimes women, we never feel empowered to do that because we're so busy trying to wear multiple hats mm -hmm. that we put ourselves on the back burner when in actuality, if we're not going to do it for ourselves, who, who else is going to do it? And I'm going to dissect what you just, what you just said and just mm -hmm. kind of regurgitate to just tie it together for the audience. So you mentioned, uh, what inspired you to write the book was the call to action after the George Floyd incident. And that was what prompted the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And it is hard whenever you see somebody who you identify with race-wise that gets killed on national TV. And I think that is kind of what jump-started people to really look at racism because some people didn't mm -hmm. even think racism exists. But since it was <laughs> publicized on national TV, it was a big wake-up call. Mm -hmm. 
then also for you to have that still small voice. So some people may say intuition, discernment. Mm -hmm. Some people may say the Holy Spirit, if you're on that religious and spiritual plane. And then you mentioned infidelity Mm -hmm. in a marriage that could either make or break a marriage. But whenever that happens, it's like, am I going to stay or am I going to go? But then you said journaling was a big component. You were doing journaling before it was even cool. And you were putting... (laughs) And that's a way where you could get those thoughts outside of your head onto paper in order to reflect and come to terms of what's going on in Evelyn's head and how can I go through this? Because you may not necessarily have a person that you could confide in that understands what you're going through if they haven't walked it out personally in their own life. They can be a sounding board, but they're not going to be the savior or the fixer of what Evelyn is going Mm -hmm. through in your family dynamics. Right. Absolutely. And and then you mentioned trauma. Trauma is so Mm -hmm. big, whether it's ACEs, adverse childhood experiences that are traumatizing, like you mentioned molestation in your in your case. Sometimes whenever children are molested at a young age, it begins uh, to create a cycle where they're either getting in pornography or they have multiple sexual partners or they begin to wild out or they either retreat because they feel like that someone took something from them that they wasn't ready to give up. So that Mm -hmm. lost a sense of who they are and that, and they walked around with maybe guilt, shame, remorse, anger, and et cetera, for so long up until something woke up inside of them that said, I needed to break this at the root in order for you to be free. Mm -hmm. Would you say that um, this is a good representation of what you um, just discussed in your dialogue? Um, I would say that it's it's pretty close. Um, I wasn't uh, promiscuous, promiscuous or fast, as folks in the South like to say. Um, I wasn't that. I actually have only had one partner, and I don't mind sharing this with you because I'm a very transparent person. I've only had one partner my entire life. Um, and so for me, what it did was send me into a high, hyper-intense um, distrust of almost everyone I met. And so I'm, I've always been very like um, open, like in one-on-one conversations and things like that. But when I meet people, I tend to not think the best until they prove me otherwise, I tend to think the opposite. And so that's taken me years in terms of like going to therapy, uh, which I've had gone through a couple of uh, different um, therapists in different states when we moved around and stuff and so for me it was a matter of really kind of finding my voice because the molestation that i went through wasn't a type of situation where i didn't tell i actually did tell but no one became my advocate when i told and so for me um even in my marriage it has been a very challenging to evolve into a person now who says okay i know what this looks like i know why i'm sensing feeling this particular hurt or perceived harm that's coming towards me, especially as it relates to like, say, being untruthful, um, like the infidelity, for example. And so it, it, I've learned how now and I'm still learning because I'm not a finished work by no stretch of the imagination. But I will tell you that I'm still learning how to not intentionally have the wall up and be so guarded um, in order to allow for others to have space to come in and, and meet with me on an intimate level that is not violative, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, that um, definitely makes sense. And thank you for adding that uh, clarification there and really being vulnerable and transparent because I like the fact that you mentioned that you went to therapy. I also like the fact that you alluded that you weren't what other people are who are, are molested. You dealt with your own form of molestation in a different way mm-hmm. because someone listening to that may need it to hear that based on what they went through if they were um, molested. And I love that. Um, one thing that I really loved is the fact that you have two, ma- two master's degree mm-hmm. and your call to action was jump-started with um, what happened to George Floyd. So is there a particular type of law that you're going to focus on or what do you plan on doing with your um, recent law degree? Sure. So I'll be frank with you and God only knows who will see this recording, but I'm, like I said, I'm pretty transparent. The initial course in terms of career path was to actually run for office um, here in Denver. I really, really had in my mind that I was going to run for specifically city council, which is, of course, part of a local uh, law or municipal uh, law. And while I'm not going to pursue running for office, this time, um, anything can change in the future. Um, I definitely still will have a heavy hand in community work um, at the local level because that's something that I have been doing ongoing, even throughout uh, my tenure um, in law school. Oh, amazing. And then another question here, since you're not going to run for office this time, (laughs) do you think maybe you could make some influence in higher education if you got in the classroom and started teaching um, based on the knowledge and the passions that you have? That could be. I don't know if it would be in the form. So my first master's is in secondary education. So it could be, but it would have to be in more of a flexible form. Like I wouldn't want to be like a classroom teacher, for example, in a a 7 through 12 setting. Um, It would need to be something more uh, flexible, like a visiting um, type of, of situation. Um, and also there are a lot of nonprofits here um, in the metro area that I can partner with and maybe do some volunteer work to where I can still have the opportunity to do that type of engagement with um, people. Um, but at this point, I haven't collaborated yet um, with those entities, but it absolutely is something that I'm open minded about and will consider. Okay, and just another thing that just kind of dropped out in my spirit is um, since you do want that flexibility, there's a lot of um, community colleges, as well as four-year universities that are always looking for adjunct professors where they still maintain their day job and their day business, but then they could also teach at night. They could have um, hybrid teaching where they're teaching uh, solely online classes or et cetera. So that could also be another avenue that you look into. Um, You sound like a very religious and spiritual person. So uh, if you are, you could always pray and see if that kind of coincides with what um, the universe or if you believe in God wants you to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Raised up, you know, Christian uh, for sure, Um, you know, multiple times a week. Um, Now more, I would say definitely uh, much more spiritual. Um, And so I absolutely will continue to do that because I have been seeking. So I appreciate that. My pleasure. And this is the first time you and I have actually talked. Mm -hmm. So y'all, we did not do any prep work for this conversation. We're just letting this flow coffee chat style. So I just wanted to preface that to you out there listening. So you could kind of understand why we're having this organic conversation 
And Evelyn, do you have mm -hmm. your book near you? Because I want you I to do. hold it up. Can you see uh, that? A there little bit. So kind of hold it up and kind of just let me, I'll let you know when I can see it. Good. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Tilt it back a little bit. Okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. Okay. So talk about the cover, the cover of the book. Um, mm -hmm. Let's unpack the intentionality because I know a cover can make or break the book and a cover mm -hmm. is so important because it's what's going to drive someone to open the book because we know some people only judge a book by its cover, which is sad because it's the content that's inside the book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the cover was actually <laughs> in my imagination. And so I don't know if you can see it, but it's kind of almost like a crown on the head. So this is the image of like a head here. And the different colors uh, were to symbolize somewhat like almost fire-like flames, which are connected to the thoughts, the multiple thoughts that we have in our brains. In the center of that is your heart, of course, that houses emotions. Um, and so that is located in the center because a lot of what I went through was definitely um, heart-centered, um, if you will, on a number of fronts. And so um, that's the image. I didn't want it to be anything like, um, how can I say, uh, in ethnicity uh, or race uh, identified in the actual face, because these are things that actually impact all of us, um, not just one particular group. And so the intentionality behind it kind of being blacked out was purposeful in that this book is intended for everyone, no matter who you are, what your background is. I love that. And I love how you unpacked impacted the cover and I love the versatility behind it because you're making sure that everybody can resonate with it even though the title says beautiful I am color so let's talk about the title there um mm -hmm. what was the inspiration behind the title of the book so before I even knew that beautiful I am color was going to be the book way back in like 20 I believe it was 13 or 14 my first mind told me to secure a Gmail account with beautiful lime color. I didn't know anything right we're in 2020 so I didn't I had no idea, but i've been intentional about trying to follow through with my first mind when when it tells me something and so. Um, that's where the title came from actually was that way back then me not even knowing that it was going to be related to the book. Um, but. I will say when I was kind of just meditating on how the structure of the book and just thinking through like, well, what kind of writer am I? I've always been a person that love personal narratives. I love storytelling. I love just talking plain um, and listening to people who just tell their story in their own authentic voice without trying to mimic or be someone else. And so initially I really struggled to be honest, Genesis, because I was like, dang, I only got 15 pages done. I think most books, I mean, I think they need 150 at least. And I'm like, oh, and nothing was like, I couldn't pump it out, you know, and I'm just not a false person at all. So what ended up happening is um, I came up with, it doesn't have to be like everybody else, because sometimes we feel like if we want to be a bestseller, if we want to do this, if we want to do this, you got to do all the things that the YouTubers tell you to do. But what I found in that when you're doing purpose work, which is, I think, different from just being intentional about writing a book, um, then what you do, there's a rhythm and a frequency that you ride on because you're listening to things that come from a different place, not just your human faculties. And so for me, that has been exceptional and spiritual. So when it came to the title of the book, as well as the layout, which is a series of short stories 
um, and at the end of short of each short story is a writing prompt and then journal pages it actually is an extension of what i've gone through and also uh, mimics how i journal myself in that i need time to process what i've just read i'm a, a huge marginal note taker when i read um personally and when i was academically um in school and so my book demonstrates or exhibits those parts uh, of me amazing and thank you for sharing that because then the the readers can actually reflect on what they just wrote and go on go on their own journaling experience and really connect with their personal stories as well as connect with your stories. And I think that's really cool. And I really like how it's short stories. So someone who may have a busy lifestyle, they could read it, get get the meat and the potatoes and then just write, write out the rest. Cause yep. y'all know people in the South, we love to eat. So that's why I always say meat and potatoes, the substance. Yes. yes. And Evelyn, I want to throw you an audible before we jump into the call to action. Is there anything that we haven't shared or covered that you want to add um, to really solidify what you and I have been discussing so far? Yeah, I think one of the things that I can pick apart in terms of our on camera first time ever conversation is you cannot be afraid. Like, you know, for example, when you pose the questions to me, well, I have a challenge for you. Well, I have another challenge for you. We cannot be afraid to take the perceived risk in anything that we do in life because life is so incredibly short. And so I think if I could share one thing is that if you have been kind of sitting on an idea, you know, like I told Genesis before, before we came on here, like podcast and camera setup, I don't really know what I'm doing, but guess what? I am doing it. Is it at the level of excellence that I know I'll get to? Probably not. But the point is, is that that action is the critical, magical ingredient that allows other things to be magnetized towards you. And so I would just encourage people who are watching um, the show to go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Just start. Just start. It's okay. Just start. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. And I'll just um, piggyback off that before the uh, CTA. Y'all, I don't edit my show. Sometimes <laughs> I don't even do pre-interviews with my guests because I like to have organic conversations. But I will preface my guests whenever like Evelyn first joined in the meeting. I said, hey, even though I'm very structured based on my podcast guest form and my background, I just want you to be relaxed. I want you to know this is going to be a fun conversation and we're just going to flow and see where this conversation leads us because even though my podcast is ranked high globally, I'm not trying to be the next um, the next podcaster that has all these accolades. I'm just trying to be Genesis of Mars Kemp and connect with people such as Evelyn Barnes and other people who are doing incredible things. And, you know, by having y'all support us, that's, that's an extra bonus because it's not the Genesis show. It's about all of us coming together to really, um, promote the movement of content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while we also weave in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So thank you for sharing that, Evelyn. And I just 100% um, agree, just do it, just start. You have nothing to lose. Or as one of my solo episodes were, just shoot your shot. If yes. you make it, you make it. If not, you could try to shoot it again. Mm -hmm. So what's your call to action, Evelyn, for the audience today? Okay, so I already kind of gave part of it um, just now uh, 
in your last question or last segment. Um, but I absolutely would love to have you join me from time to time. If you have time um, in engaging with me, one, um, you can do that through purchasing my book, which is available on my website at beautifulimcolored.com, exclusively, exclusively there for now. I'm not on Amazon yet. Um, if the book and the hard copy thing is not what you dig, I totally get it. I also have created an ebook, which is also available on the website. And then finally, I know a lot of you these days may not want to um read at all you may just want to listen well you can do that with me um on my podcast all of season one is me actually reading aloud um my book and sharing um some context um with every story so um that's my call to action um group with what i said uh, beforehand amazing and i know you already plugged your website mm -hmm. but where do you hang out primarily on social media for those social butterflies out there um, Instagram, uh, almost a hundred percent. So beautiful. I'm colored is the handle. Amazing. And Evelyn, I want to thank you so much for just coming in coffee chat style, chopping it up and just yes. having a transparent conversation for those of you that are listening and watching. This is available on 40 plus platforms. You could also see our video to this recording by going to our YouTube channel which is GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, here's my remix to a song that is not my own. Where would I be without my supporters? You know I only think about you. I want to thank you for your consistency on supporting the guests that I bring in to the into the podcast, the movement, and really just collaborating with us because it does take a village in order for us to go places so I always like to say united we stand and divided we fall and if you have any topics you want to hear you have any suggestions any comments or etc my dms are open and my email is open you can send your comments to gems with genesis amaris kemp at gmail.com or leave us a review on your favorite audio platform that you're listening to. Feedback is a gift. And I think we could all learn and grow together because if you're not learning, you're not growing. So until the next guest, next segment, um, think about if you uh, being a brand sponsor. Um, this is limited and it is paid, but you can find more info by going to genesisamarscamp.net or sending me a personalized email to the email I just dropped earlier. So until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel. Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G E M S, with W I T H, Genesis, G E N E S I S, Amaris, A M A R I S, Kemp, K E M P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.